Hey everybody, welcome to the Tessa Van Wade Show. Um, I have again for the second podcast in a row, my sexy husband, Ben Sandberg. Hello. (laughs) I don't know why I laugh even just when you talk. I don't either. (laughs) You're just so funny. Um, I... You know, I thought about it after our last one. We immediately kind of got into parenting, which is so funny because you and I, there's so many facets to our marriage and (laughs) parenting is just one of them. And it was our first podcast and we kind of just thought, oh, well, let's just let it go and see what flows, right? That's just kind of our style too. We just never plan. We just kind of go with it. Totally. Or even if we do plan, we digress. Yeah, of course. I mean, we go, you know. There's no way to not go off on tangents, but go with the flow. Yeah, go with the flow. That's kind of how we live our life. You know, if we're not living in the flow, then we definitely feel it. I'm going to give you something and I want you to rate it. This always works well. <laughs> totally. I want you to rate it from one to 10. Okay. Okay. 10 being the, the, the highest that a relationship needs in order to succeed. Okay. One being the lowest that a relationship needs in order to succeed. Okay. I feel like this is a little bit of a trap, but (laughs) I'm going to play along. (laughs) No, it's not a trap at all. Um, And I'll lead with the first one. History, like as in, as in like childhood history, family history, um, the way you basically, the way you grew up. Like background? Yeah. Like just how you were raised. Okay. Um, I would say, well, is this just from my own experience or is this like how I think? Ben, give me from one to 10. <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble. 10 being, the <laughs> 10 being the best for a marriage. Like this, the marriage really needs it. One being okay. that the marriage can do without it. I would, I would honestly give that one. Like and a- I should say relationship. Let me change that. It's not marriage. It's just relationship. Okay. I think I would give that like an eight. Really? Yeah. I, because, you know, I just think about like, of, of course, we're an extreme example of it because we come from very similar backgrounds, right? Totally. Like you and I are third in birth order. We come from parents who the dad was older, the mom was a little bit younger. Like almost right exactly away. the same age. Yeah. Like we have, yeah. it, and we grew up in the same town. Even Um, our siblings, the two older siblings, they're all the same age. Yeah. And like same like religious background. Yeah. Coming from our background, like that has played a huge role in just our world perspective. Right. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. We have the same worldview. Um, Yes. That's not to say that that's the only thing that has given us a similar world worldview, but I think that people from like different cultures getting together, you know, there's a lot of stuff to work through. Like, especially when you start raising children. True. But I also think, I also think it's kind of surprising though, too, that you and I, yes, we, we grew up with this in the same kind of town. So with the same kind of, um, worldview, but we've really come far from that worldview and yet we've managed to do it together. Well, absolutely. Imagine if one of us was still in a different worldview, like, you know, I don't know how people do it. Our worldview has changed dramatically as I think I would say a lot of people do as they grow and age and mature. 
but we've been able to do it together. So that's, I think that's been a big, that's been awesome. Cause imagine part of our success. However, yeah, I think that having coming from different backgrounds, different cultures, while it uh, of course can be done, it's done every day. Yeah. I think that it adds a level of, um, extra little challenges. Well, I think that the way you're, the way you're raised, the way you're, you're, um, the way you're disciplined, all of that, that leads into how you parent your, your kids. So remember when we first had kids and I always tell friends this, that when you're going to have kids, expect that there's going to be some time that you and your husband have to figure that out because you may have, I remember like you have this one marriage or this one relationship and then you have a baby and you put a baby into it and and suddenly I'm looking at you going, whoa, I don't want to raise that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to raise that kid I'm that just, way. <laughs> you mean screaming in an infant's face I, to shut up? You don't. No, I didn't do you, that. I he didn't did that. do that. He didn't do that. But yes, like, sim- like just kind of um, just the way you discipline is different for all children. Right. And for, and, and if you're raised in a certain way, then I would look at my husband or my significant other and be like, oh my gosh, like, and I, I know plenty of friends who have done that. I think it has like, I know what you're saying, but I think the difference between your family and my family, it has less to do with like the discipline. It has more to do with the tone. Yeah. Like, in my household, it was like everybody yell at each other. <laughs> we just like, our volume was at 10 with yes. how we talked to each other. Your household was very quiet. Yeah. Like you guys, your dad was very soft-spoken mm-hmm. and, you know, slow to anger. Mm-hmm. And yeah. well, my family we- burns hot. <clears throat> your family burns hot. Your family also is uh, very... Internally, we burn hot, like a <laughs> ready to explode <laughs> at any minute. Um, but I think some of the, the combinations of both going to school in that town, knowing the same people, having um, just small town experiences. I don't think that that, like, for example, what if somebody met somebody from what this small town to this small town? A lot of times I think it's just small town that you, or city. Yeah, but we share like, oh man, that was our favorite restaurant. Oh, mine too. <laughs> yeah, you know? it's true. Okay, so let's move on to the next one. So, cause I do think you said an eight on that. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, you said to to answer the question from my perspective. I, told, I am totally I think agreeing. that's been huge for us. All right. Um, <clears throat> personality, opposites attract or? Mm. This one, I this, this is really dynamic, I think. One because, to ten. Well, you asked me two questions. I did? Yeah, you said, you said opposites attract and that kind of sent me off in a different direction. <laughs> Well, answer however you want. What was the question again? <laughs> Personality, one to ten. Um, I would give that an eight. <laughs> you're looking at me because you're going to make everything an eight, aren't you? <laughs> Not necessarily. Okay. No, I think that um, this one, a personality is really dynamic because while, yes, I do believe that opposites attract. Yeah. Um, you and I are very different but our differences complement each other. Yeah, it, so maybe it's more about complementing each other but, in differences. Well, what I was going to say is our differences really complement each other. However, 
we have similar personalities in like what we like and dislike, what we like to do. Yeah. Maybe that just falls still along with like what we have in common. I don't know. Yeah. But um, I think that that one is super important for both reasons. If you can get a handle on it, you can be very successful, but it can really break a relationship having two budding personalities. Yeah. We talk about you and Evie a lot, our oldest daughter. Um, You have very similar personalities Mm -hmm. and there are, as as she's gotten older, it's actually been a help to her. But yeah. used to, it was We definitely rough. butt heads and we will always butt heads. However, we get each other. So yeah. that's the give and take. And that's, I think that's what I'm saying is the difference in personalities can be extremely important. Um, but I think that what makes it successful is the give and take. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, no, it is. Like recognizing, okay, Tessa is just doing one of her like save the world things. <laughs> and that's okay. Because that doesn't necessarily mean we have to do it today. Because <laughs> that's what scares me when you get these harebrained schemes is I feel like, okay, you make me sound we have like to do Lucille this Ball. now. <laughs> <laughs> harebrained schemes. Everybody loves Lucy. Well, Nothing I wrong know. With Lucy. Yeah. No, I agree. Well, okay, but wouldn't that come down to that? I would say where we are similar in personality is, and this is, I believe this can be a learned thing for relationships. So while it may be our personality, I do think we've gotten better at it. And I do think that people are not, I think that people are capable of learning this this one thing, which is if we are different in personality, to it, I, I have learned to understand yours and I have learned to accept certain parts of your personality as a challenge to me to do better. Okay. Same with me to you, right? And that comes back to, but we are also that kind of personality where we don't have a big, big rebellious streak. Right. So I'm not necessarily going to rebel from you if you're all that different and we let things go pretty fast. Well, I think just generally speaking, if, if you have to have it your way, it's not going to work in a relationship. <laughs> oh, you're I not, thought you were specifically talking to me. No, <laughs> no, I'm saying like a relationship's about relating with somebody, right? So right. you can't, you can't be in it for yourself. Right. And drag somebody along with you. It's not going to work long term. Right. Like, sure, you can drag them along a certain way. I'm sure many of our listeners out there would feel like they've been dragged along for a long time. Well, yeah, I'm sure that there are some that have been. And and I think the question for those people is how long do you allow that to happen, right? right. Because everything in a relationship comes down to it has to be both sides working towards the goal. Yes, the great give and take. The great give and take. And it just sounds so boring when you say it like that, but holy crap, it's hard. Uh, and, and I think especially when, when we are set in our ways and we don't realize, I just think that that's one of our biggest gifts that you and I have grown into, which is I definitely recognize where your attention to the 
detail has helped me to be more attentive to detail, but my bigger picture personality has helped you to have to be a little bit more adaptive, adaptable. Well, I think that you just, you just hit it on the head in that, like, can you imagine if, if you see the minutia in everything, how much bigger is the big picture when you see every single little detail in it? What does that mean? <laughs> That's why the big picture is hard for me. Right. It's too big. Okay. 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 Gotcha. Do you know how much for stuff, you. Do you know mm-hmm, how much yeah. stuff I have to do in order to get to the big picture? It's impossible. Mm-hmm. But what I admire about people who are big picture thinkers is they don't get bogged down in all those little details of how are we going to get there? No. It's like, well, the way we're going to get there is going to change, but we're still going to get there. Yeah. And that's what I, I struggle with getting past. Right. So you're saying like you've learned how to deal with my personality and I've had to learn how to like try to see the big picture without getting bogged down in that detail. Uh, one thing that I also have learned with you is that anytime I come at you <laughs> with a new save the world scheme, I know that I'm going to give it to you. And then I need to walk away for three weeks. I need to walk away and let it ruminate, right? Like I need to make sure not to hound you with it, but I have to just kind of let it go. Well, and also the, you know, if you have an expected response, you're never going to get the expected response. Right. Unless the expected response is the way I'm going to give it. Can we just say that that is one of the first things that you have to learn as a couple? One of the very, it doesn't matter, any kind of relationship, couple, whatever, you have to learn, the very first thing you have to learn is to not have expectations. I mean, that's for response, for something, you can't have too big of expectations. Well. The people are going to let you down. Yeah, I think you need to specify a little bit because I have high expectations of you in that you're not going to like cheat on me. And you're not going to murder me in my sleep. Is that high expectations? <laughs> well, those are expectations. I think those low expectations. <laughs> those are expectations. I expect you not to disappear in the night. <laughs> I expect you to not like end up in prison somewhere in jail. Okay. Somewhere, you know? Yep. So there are expectations are good. But what we're talking about specifically is when you communicate something to me, if you're expecting me to respond in a certain way. Correct. And I don't respond in that way. And then you get upset that I couldn't read your mind. Right. You're crazy. Right. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm not saying this is what you do. I'm saying you no, as an I get example. It. Well, I get it because I literally just, I still to this day, and I know you do too. I know we all do. Even in work, we deal with people having expectations of people on a daily. And I'm constantly having to look at people going, hey, that's not necessarily going to, that you can't, unless you make your, your desires known. You cannot expect somebody to give you what you have not told them. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but what I was saying is I really believe that that's one of the biggest things for a relationship. So I think that that should be relationship 101, the moment that you get into a relationship with with someone. Um, Okay, let's go on to another thing. So one to eight. I'm sorry. One one to to ten. (laughs) Changed it. (laughs) Just so you couldn't do eight anymore. (laughs) <laughs> I'd have to do six now if it's one to eight because it'll never be a 10. Now it'll never be an eight. <laughs> oh my gosh. You're one of those people that never can put a five. Like, you know, like on a review. That is not true. 
Okay. There are things I absolutely love. Okay. And you can put a five? I would put a five on my Saturday mornings. Oh. Because <laughs> I... Okay. Because that's a five star. That's a five star. Okay. Um, I, I, w- I would give you a five star rating. As a wife? Yeah. Really? Wait, are we talking the one to ten? Are no. we talking the one to six? Five or stars one to five? is the top. Okay. You get five. Hundred percent. No question. You. Thanks, babe. I would give you a five too. In some things. Uh, <laughs> <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> okay, so uh, one to ten. Uh, spirituality. Oh boy. What? You don't like this question. Mm, not really. Why? Well, because, and I'm just speaking from experience, like I'm not a very spiritual person. That's not true. You are a very spiritual person. <clears throat> I have my beliefs and they're very strong. Okay. But I wouldn't say I'm spiritual. <laughs> I'm very cerebral in my beliefs. You're very analytical in your in your personality, yes. Yeah, so like um I just I just picture somebody like out in a teepee worshiping a moon. Uh, as know. spiritual? That's <laughs> the only way you can get spiritual? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, okay. And by the way, that sounds amazing. Uh, okay. Sure. I mean to each his own. I'm not judging. I'm just saying for me, okay. I don't want to do that. But Okay. That's not to say somebody can't do that. I, I seriously don't Did care. you answer the question of one to ten? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's it's a hard one. I think I'm gonna go with an eight. Oh, this is not happening. You're not gonna do eight on every single one, are you? I don't know. Give me a different question. <laughs> I might give you a different answer. <laughs> I'm giving you a different question every time. To me. <sighs> Look, here, here's the reason I gave it an eight. Okay. Um, I think it's important for people to have similar beliefs in common. Mm-hmm. So let's say somebody who is an atheist okay. marries somebody who is uh, like... Devout Catholic. Devout Catholic, sure. Okay. Um, that happens. Absolutely does. And, and sure. they make it work. I think the difficulty is, and I'm totally not speaking from experience because, you know, maybe we should have an expert on this panel in this area yeah. who's experienced it. Ooh, that would be interesting. But um, I actually know somebody here that I've worked with who is an atheist mm-hmm. and his wife is Catholic. Yeah. And like she believes in God and um, wants to celebrate Christmas and Easter. And he like doesn't care about any of that stuff. Right. Okay. So like, you know, he mostly just does it for her or for the kids. Okay. So I think where it becomes a challenge is somebody has to oh, change I get what you're saying. their tradition, their desires, what have you, to fit the majority of the family or whatever. Yeah. You know. I get what you're saying. So it's it's hard because a lot of spirituality spirituality usually comes from some kind of religious background and religious backgrounds usually are steeped in tradition. Right. You know, whether you want to call Christmas about Santa Claus or Jesus or Easter about the Easter bunny or, or the resurrection, there's, there are religious connotations to those traditions. Sure. And 
when you are not equally, you don't equally value those things, I think that can Well, somebody is either going to have to, is going to have to make a decision one way or another and somebody, and I think that a lot of times in, in marriage, if somebody's constantly giving and giving and giving and giving and never, ever finding that the other person is giving any, then that's what creates the, that just creates the, the, the unbalanced divide that where somebody feels like, hey, I'm giving so much and you're not giving at all. And I think that's one way that you and I have always tried as hard as we can is to make sure that we find balance in that, that it doesn't matter whether we believe the same or we feel the same. I mean, we have a prime example of it's not, it's not religion or it's not anything like that, but, you know, we were raised to believe that the woman should be, the man should be the breadwinner and the woman should be in the house. That was just how, that's how I was raised. I mean, I don't know if that was ever taught, but that's what was happening because of the time. It was the eighties. Yeah. And that was still kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, my mom worked. Okay. And then your mom worked later. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, my dad was definitely the the breadwinner. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't necessarily something. Yeah, I just feel like when, there were definite roles. There were definite like, roles. Yeah, for sure. And what we found in our marriage, um, we kept trying to fill those roles, and it just wasn't working financially for a while right. because of specific situations. And so we found that it actually came to a point where I started to make my business and my business started to succeed. And we had to, because the girls were at a certain age, we needed somebody to stay home at, for a, at least certain parts of the day for the girls to be picked up and blah, blah, blah. Well, that was just, you know, our our personal choice was that we didn't want to send our kids to like after school program or daycare mm-hmm. or anything. Not that there's well, anything wrong with that. that no, there's nothing our, wrong with that. And we couldn't really afford daycare. That's really what it was. And yeah. so, but... But basically, we decided to that you would stay be the be the stay at home dad, yeah, for a while, and yeah, I, I stayed built home. the I business. S- I supported the business, the the bookkeeping and the mm-hmm. back end, and um, yeah, and I I had the girls. But what I was gonna say is, through that time, there was a weird sense that I wasn't it from certain people being supported by that. Like I wasn't being supported to do that because well, I it think went it would, against the roles. It came from, very rarely did it come from outside sources, but it did sometimes feel that way from certain people. Yeah. I think we were highly supported by people who knew us. Totally. Um, but for me personally, I definitely struggled with, I'm the man, I should be you know, building my resume, I should be, I should be making the money and not Mm -hmm. putting so much pressure on Tessa. But at the time it just made sense. Right. Because your business was doing so well and it made sense for us to focus on that. And you were the face of that business. Well, and we just think about the fact that you had some amazing times with the girls that, that you never would have otherwise. And And I also experienced how difficult it is to be the stay at home parent. Oh, that was another big thing that I, I actually tell people all the time. 
Um, I actually tell a lot of people when they're trying to, I've had several people come to me over the years and talk about how they want to, they kind of want to do similar to what we did. And I, I, I honestly, I have told them honestly, um, the best thing we could do is to swap roles for a while because there were some things that Ben, going back to expectations, Ben had expectations of me. Um, we swore we'd never talk about this again. But, okay. <laughs> yeah, but we're here <laughs> and it's important because people need to hear this. There were expectations of me um, and our household and, and all of these things. There were expectations that you had that I was not fulfilling as I was having little babies in you the house. You make me sound like such a no, jerk. No, but babe, there were things. And so then... So there were things that were not getting done around the house that you felt should have gotten done around the house. And I kept telling you, it's really hard. <laughs> like this is a lot of work. And this is a lot of work with these little babies that need, they need eating and, and diaper changing and naps. Like this is really hard work and I'm tired. And so we had this whole thing and then you and I swapped and for, and, and you got the girls from the ages of what, like four to five to, to 10. It was like four years. I think they were like, I don't know. Yeah. So you got them through those times. And what's funny is I remember the days that Ben would be like, wow, like I never expected. Why does it feel like I have not enough time in the day? Yeah, I couldn't get anything done. And they were in school. <laughs> I know. Like they weren't even there. I know. But between like, you know, once we got everybody out of the house and, you know, cleaning the house. Yep. And making sure that I made sure lunch was ready for you every day. Yep. When you came home. Um, so pretty much from like 8 to 11 was my time to clean the house, do it whatever, you know, groceries or errands there were to run. And then... You know, you got home at like noon. Yeah. And then after that, I have to go pick up the kids and sit in freaking traffic, school traffic <laughs> for two hours because yeah. parents get there so early and there's only one way in and out of school. It's like nuts. But to say it is we really did ourselves a service by understanding what the other had gone through already. And so we have an understanding of each other that that is forever. Yeah, there's there's a misnomer that you know, the person who makes the money works the hardest. And that's not, not no. the case. No, that's um, not necessarily the case. Staying home, you know, I, I, I know there's a lot of people that love it, that that's like their, their passion is to be yeah. a stay-at-home parent. Uh, and that's great. I think that's super important for the yeah. family unit. But it's really hard. But, you know, just to, to go back to it, just to, you know, when I was kind of building the business, then on the other end, I would have moments of like guilt where I wasn't at home with my kids and I had to work through those things too. So, you know. Yeah, we, we were both experiencing guilt based on the system. Correct. That our culture is built on. Right. Mine was, I should be out there working. And yours was, you should be in there raising the kids. Right. It's so interesting because we're 40 years old. So there's going to be plenty of people younger than us that don't feel that this is still, because is this even still around? Oh, I'm, I mean, sure, I'm sure it is to some degree. Okay. Maybe not so much, but. Well, let's move on to the next one. Um, okay. One to 10. Sex. Oh, God. <laughs> Seriously. 
<laughs> I mean, that's a 10, right? I, <laughs> I knew I'd get you to say a 10. Jeez. <laughs> You're red. Oh, Your face is red, Ben. I, I'm a prude. You are a prude. So it's a 10. You're not, I was raised, you don't talk about sex unless you're at church. Because <laughs> <laughs> apparently, that's youth not groups okay. are meant to just talk about sex all the time. Well, we're talking about it in the way of a relationship. And I would agree with you. I feel like, I feel like when sex is good, it's because, or maybe it's, maybe it helps. I don't know. But the communication factor and, and all that, like, I, I don't know. Like, it's it's up there. I mean, obviously, sex is very important for a relationship. I think that... I think people, there are... By the way, that, hold on. Let me really quickly to everybody out there that's listening. Number one, if you're my brothers, just plug your ears. But number two... How I dirty think, are you going to get? No, no. I'm not going to go dirty <laughs> at all. Shush. What I was going to say is, I just want to make it clear that what we talk about on this podcast, we do not mean it for anybody else but besides, right? Like, take what you want with it. This is... this. We can only say our story. Well, we can only speak from our, from yeah, our experience. We can what only. I was going to say okay. is, I'm sure there's a lot of people that have really amazing sex but that's it. Like I've heard of people like that, that have like really passionate relationships, but they can't really figure else out anything else. Right. So you can't just say, if you have great sex, you have a great relationship. That's true. That's true. But how many, you know, I, yes, but I do think it speaks to how, how good your relationship can be going. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> Should we phone a friend? <laughs> oh my gosh, that'd be so cool if we could. We should figure that out. We should call your mom. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good God. That would be horrible. No, but I mean, I, I think you're right. I think that for, well, you know me, <laughs> sex is really important for a, a relationship. So I just think that that's one of those things that I think, obviously it's very personal for everybody, but you and I are both consistent in that. It's not like one of us sits on one end of the spectrum versus the other. Yeah. I, I think too, that another difficulty in that is that people can't be honest one about whether they have a good sex life or not. Right. Like, especially I hang out with a lot of dudes at work. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but the stories I hear, there's no way it could be happening that much. You know? Really? I mean, I feel like there's a lot of embellishment. Yeah. Especially amongst young men, you know, trying to sound all Sure. Tough, I wouldn't know. know because I don't have those really, those conversations. But I think that on the flip side, like when, when a relationship gets older and you're maybe not having as many relations as you once did... That didn't, that's not us. I, I'm not saying that's us. Oh. I'm saying that, that, what am I saying? I don't know because to. I'm to, saying that can be a challenge. Sure. To be honest about it. Oh. In order to remedy it. True. True. Because it, it's, it comes from a, a place of embarrassment maybe or mm-hmm. shame or like not wanting to admit that you're having challenges. Um. 
That would be an interesting podcast in itself to like kind of I can, go into. I'm totally cool to talk with my friends and uh, relatives about relationships and well, stuff, but I'm not going to be like, yeah, but you know, in bed. Uh, well, no, but there's a way to talk about sex in a very, I feel like there, there should be no shame to it. There should be no pride to it. We, and the fact is, is that there is some, I'm sure that um, people all over need help in those kind of things. So that would be an interesting podcast to have. I don't know, but maybe not. Maybe I won't have you here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of people talking about it. <laughs> okay, so yours is, so you said eight on everything and then you said 10 on sex. Yeah, makes sense, right? It totally makes sense. <laughs> okay, um, health. Do you understand health. what I'm saying? Like, so if, for example. I mean, I know what the word means. <laughs> thank you. But you know, you know what I'm meaning is like, yeah, okay. Okay. Yes. How you eat, how you work out, like, like how you live your life. I think that staying physically healthy adds to your attraction to your mate, mm. your respect for them. Mm-hmm. Um, your, I just think your the way you portray yourself to the world is very telling about how you feel about yourself. Mm. And if you portray something that doesn't come across as healthy, it's not as attractive. Mm. So. Well, you really went there. Well, and I'm not talking about people who are suffering from disease that they don't have control over, mm -hmm. obviously. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think we live in a, in a time in a, in our country where like health is just terrible mm -hmm. and it's become like the norm. Well, so really quick, just to give everybody a heads up, I think I talked about it in the last one is, uh, I have, I have been a personal trainer for a decade now. And be, even before that though, I was really into health and fitness, but that's because I was the heavy girl in high school and got close to 200 pounds. And it all comes from the, I just was eating horribly and couldn't get myself to work out. And my mom has always gone up and down in weight her whole life um, to, to, to a degree that we have, we've, we've had to worry about health, right? We've had to worry about health factor. And so I think what I'm talking about is in a relationship, in a marriage, um, if you have one person that's on the extreme one way and one person that's on the extreme the other way, as a personal trainer, I have watched marriages uh, or beyond that, relationships struggle because of that. So a mother-daughter, um, siblings, um, yeah. you know what I mean? Like all different kinds of relationships have struggled with that because there is on one side, there is judgment on the person who is not being healthy or to, or, or the other person's not thinking they're healthy. Then there's, um, then there's the obvious, um, the other person worried about their health, um, and everything, or there's the other thing where the person who's not necessarily being healthy gets really aggravated by the healthy choices that the other person is be, is making and thinking that there's judgment there. It it kind of opens up a lot of different 
feelings. I mean, again, I could have an entire podcast on this, but right now we're just going into one to 10. Where does this lie in a relationship? I never answered the number, did I? No. I'm going to give this one a seven. Okay. Because I think that. I'm just glad you went off. No, because I think that there are, and I'm not saying it's right, but I, I think that there are accepted variables depending on your your gender and your place in your relationship. I think that generally speaking, men in America at least are allowed to be kind of out of shape and have dad bods. Um, totally. And women are expected to be, you know, hot until they're till they die. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Again, can we let's just make sure to go back into this <laughs> podcast and we will create the next seven podcasts from each one of these individually because yeah, absolutely. Well and it you know in, in that our, even down to wrinkles, even down to everything, you and I were just having that conversation. Yeah, because I'm getting wrinkly and, and my beard's turning white. Yeah. And you're like, man, you look even sexier now. <laughs> I do like, think I you look are. like a fist with eyes <laughs> on my worst days and oh it's getting worse. But two, on top of that, what I just said about, you know, roles in the relationship is a lot of our social uh, outlets in our culture, like going out to eat, going out to drink, um, social get togethers. Yeah. It's all based around food and alcohol. Right. Little kids' birthday parties. You take your kid to a birthday party and it's like junk food. Well, yeah. And it goes into, again. So if if you don't have the same um, perspective on, especially raising kids, like uh, what you should and shouldn't give the children. Right. That's going to be a pretty major. That's a major thing. Thing. Because you can, you know, somebody can really... Um, build a lot of biz- bitterness towards somebody who's not respecting what they want, their desires about raising the kid, what what that kid should be putting in their body. And, yep. you know, sneaking behind, like typical dad, like sneaking in the other room and giving his kid a chocolate or something, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, either or. Yeah, I, or, you or know. Or a parent doing that. Or a grandparent. Yeah. Or, or a, you know, an aunt or an uncle. Right. Right? The, yeah. It, it, yeah, absolutely. Um. <clears throat> I think in relationships that I, 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 seven's a good number for it. I think seven's a good number because it's, it is really important. I really do think it's important because number one, it comes down to, to you love this person so much. You don't want to, you don't want to live this life without them. Right. And so there's that. And, um, I do think that (laughs) we have, I do think that we have a an entire podcast to talk about about and I and I already have in mind who I'm going to have on this podcast as a guest. Clearly, um, that's not me. <laughs> no, no, I actually think I do want you on it. So mm. we'll see how to get this the the these people here and have you there too. I really do think it's an interesting topic to talk about because I do think I get frustrated often with this this overwhelming need for women to look a certain way and men, you know, men are aging. And what's funny is it's, it's, I look at you and I do love everything about your aging, but what's funny is guess what? 
I really do believe that you look at me and you love everything about my aging. Absolutely. So that's there. And, and, and so a lot of it is, is here in my head from what I've learned from society. It's not necessarily coming. It's not coming from you. Well, it also really helps that you've remained incredibly sexy. Oh, Ben. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're very sweet. But I, you know what? Because if just you to hadn't. Give, well, just to give perspective, it's taken me a long time to be comfortable with myself. I mean, I was the, I was, I was very uncomfortable, uncomfortable with myself in high school and beyond. And it took me years and you were with me through a lot of that. And that was, those were some heavy, heavy things that I had to walk through when it came to people always asking me why I couldn't have alcohol or I couldn't eat a certain thing at, at, a, at a, a party. And part of it was just, I was trying to, to, I was trying to become healthy and, and to live in that lifestyle. And it was too hard for me to say no, just a little bit, you know? Yeah. And so you actually, you actually have always been a support in that. And, um, but there are some relationships that I have experienced as a trainer and beyond where the support just wasn't there. And so let's wrap this up in the sense that I think that, I think that overall, um, let's go back into it. We've got the outside culture, the, the way we were raised. You said eight. Okay. We said personality. You said eight, right? Mm -hmm. um, we have uh, spirituality. Definitely you, an eight. Did you say eight? Yes. You did? You said eight three times? Yes. Oh my gosh. You said sex was a 10? Definitely a 10. And you said health was a seven. Yeah. So if you guys want to, if you have a relationship with someone and you want to ask these questions and just kind of get it an, an understanding, I would love to hear what everybody kind of came up with themselves so that they can kind of like make sure to, to, put a comment on what you guys kind of found with each other on this. Cause it is kind of eye opening, and I kind of love this idea of just digging in and how important are these things in relationships and kind of just figuring out where our emphasis lies. So, um, thank you guys for listening again. Thank you to my husband for being here. Um, you're <laughs> um, and I hope that you guys can find me on Instagram, Tessa Van Wade, Instagram, Tessa Van Wade, um, on Facebook and, um, yeah, I've got my second book coming out soon. So we'll be talking, I will be having a couple of podcasts here and there talking about the book. So, um, but right now we are having fun just talking about us <laughs> and relationships. I don't know. It's kind of fun. So, um, yeah, thank you for listening and we will see you next time. Bye everyone.